We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome to Fireside Chat with Dr. June Knight. Sunday morning and it's just appropriate that this is a Sunday morning going to church day and we are studying the word on families you know that's one thing I'm thankful for whenever I was a young mama is that I brought my kids to church the one thing I do wish I would have done better uh, that I regret about being a mama is that I did not raise my children up reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God. If I had to do it over with as a mother, that's what I would do. I would raise my children up. I mean, I would just start reading to them, you know, as soon as they're born. And then I would have them to have a love uh, for the Word of God. You know, I believe that's essential part to being a parent. Okay, now today, when uh, we are studying about the family unit, and we're discovering, you know, how can we make the family unit stronger? Because today our idol is the neglect of the family unit. This is huge in our country. This is huge. Uh, we have neglected the family unit. We don't respect it. We're changing identities. So, you know, it's doing away completely from the family unit, which is what God created the church to represent. We are to be in unity as a family, like God is in unity as the Trinity. We are to be unity in the family unit. And all of the assault from the pits of hell is to come against that. 
changing their identity. I don't even know if I'm a man. I don't even know if I'm male or female. I'm just calling myself a it. That is such a tragedy. Because the Lord created us male and female. You cannot get away from it. I mean, that's just who you are. That's the plan that he had for you. And, you know, there's so much we could go on about that. But let's turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 18. And we're going to study David and Jonathan. You know, the Holy Spirit is so amazing. Uh, the way he takes me to these places uh, having to do with these idols. And hey, I want to encourage y'all in something. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Brenda, Linda, and Jean. Good morning. Uh, I have the Bible read to me in the middle of the night. And uh, of course, you know, I'm not married or anything. And it's just me and my little dog. He's in his cage over there on the floor, you know. But I'm going to tell you something amazing that God does. Like last night, I think I started it... Um, in first samuel and do you know what the holy spirit does this is so amazing is it it talks to me all night and then the holy spirit will wake me up wake up my spirit man to receive things from the scripture in the middle of the night i will wake up and hear a word that pierces my heart about a situation or something and i'm like Oh, man. And then I'll just go back to sleep. You know, it's like I encourage you to do that. It feeds your spirit, man, all night. Okay, now, I do this out of the version app. There's many different apps that read to you, but I like the version app. So today, we're going to study David and Jonathan. I mean, they were just friends, but I'm going to show you uh, through this story the power of family. All right, now here we go. First Samuel 18. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant, because he loved him as his own soul. Now, I just want to pause there, Brian. There's some people that try to say they were gay, but that is not what he meant there. He meant that he loves him. Uh, it was just like a brotherly love, like a friendship type of love. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. Aww. And his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that women came out of all cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tablets, with joy, and with instruments of music, and the women answered one another as they played, and said, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Yeah, he got and jealous. Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? 
Saul's hand, as at other times. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. In other words, Saul got so jealous of David. Now remember, David was serving Saul. Saul was the king. And Saul got so jealous that he wanted to kill David. So David just ran from him. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Oh, listen. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. I want to give you a word, bride. Right there is what's going to happen this year. That word that I gave about God writing Ichabod on the doors of many ministries, they are not even going to know that the glory has left them. They're not even going to know it because they're so far into their reprobate mind uh, thinking that they're right in their own mind. They won't even know he left. And because of that, when a lot of people see the true calling and the true anointing on you, they're going to be jealous. And I'm telling you, bride, please hear my heart. Persecution that's coming to the true bride uh, is going to come from the church. Most of it is going to come from the church. A lot of it will come from the world, but uh, most of it will come from the church. And it will be because of jealousy. They won't tell the world that, but it'll be that's what's in their heart. And so that scripture was powerful because it says, Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand, and he went out. No, here we go in verse 12. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. And was departed from Saul. So that's what's happening this year. Alright, let's keep going. Realm verse 13. Came from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. Jealous again. Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. And Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter Mirab. Her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me, and fight the Lord's battles. Mm. Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. In other words, uh, I won't kill him, but I'm going to go ahead and let the Philistines kill him. <laughs> Isn't that sad? And David said unto Saul, Who am I, and what is my life, or my father's family in Israel, that I should be son-in-law to the king? But it came to pass at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given unto Adriel, the Maholophite, to wife. Oh, man. And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. Well. And Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a snare to him. What? The Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain. Mm. And Saul commanded his servant, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore, be the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servant spake those words in the ears of David. And David said, Seemeth it to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed? Oh! And the servants of 
and saying, on this manner spake David. Wow, a poor man lightly esteemed. And don't forget, we learned in previous scripture that, uh, well, we'll learn soon here that he was a small man. So he's saying, who am I to be the king's son-in-law? And Saul said, but shall ye say to David, the king desireth not any dowry, but an hundred foreskins of the Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. Wow. And when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law, and the days were not expired. Wherefore David arose, and went, he and his men, and slew of the Philistines two hundred men. Wow. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king, <laughs> that he might be the that king's awesome. son-in-law. And Saul gave him Michael his daughter to wife. Okay, let me pause right there, Brad. First of all, you know that Saul told him to do that because he really didn't think he could do it. Saul told David to go get the foreskins off of the Philistines because who can do that? You know what foreskins are. He has to pull their pants down and cut their, you know, what off. I mean, what the world? Uh, but he did it and come back with 200 just to show Saul, I do want to be your son-in-law. All right, so then Saul came through with his word and gave him that daughter, Micah. Okay, here we go. And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David, and Saul became David's enemy continually. Okay, remember what I said, Brad, about what's coming down the pike to us this year. Uh, Saul, the glory had left Saul, which I told you in that word that the glory is leaving uh, many people this year that are falsely using God's name. And they may be jealous because of the glory upon others. What's happening right here with David, this story is a great example. Because it says in Saul... And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. The Saul became David's enemy continually. Let's keep going. Now we're in verse 30 and we are going to go over to chapter 19 because I want you to see what happens between uh, David and Jonathan. And the princes of the Philistines went forth. And it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. Okay, pause. This is the third or fourth time we've heard this in the Bible study today, just in one chapter, where it said, David went out on behalf of the king and behaved himself wisely. Why do you think God said that? In other words, David went out representing the king with a spirit of excellence. He behaved himself wisely, not to bring reproach upon the king. Okay? So let's turn over. Now we're in chapter 19. And let's start from the top here. Spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. 
Oz, Oz, Paws. Look at that, Brad. Saul spoke to his son Jonathan and told him to kill David. Did we not just learn in chapter 18 that D Jonathan had a bond with David so much so that he gave him the clothes off his back and told him how much he loved him and now his own father is telling him to kill David. What what in the world is he going to do? I mean, what a terrible position to be in. So let's see what happens, Bride. We're in verse 2. Jonathan Saul sought to light at lunch in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. Okay, so Jonathan, out of his love for David warned him what his father was trying to do so at least it would give david time to run and jonathan probably wouldn't feel like he has to disobey his father so let's see what happens here i will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art and i will commune with my father of thee and what i see that i will tell thee and jonathan spake good of david unto saul his father and said unto him let not the king sin against his servant against david because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee word very good. For he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine. And the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it, and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? Okay, let me pause right here, Brad. This is good stuff because look what Jonathan's doing. Jonathan is still trying so hard to honor his father, okay? So the way that he's honoring him is to talk to him about truth and try to reason with him. Dad, look what good he has done for Israel. Why would you want to kill him? You know, like he's reasoning with his father, uh, trying to work this out and doing it in love. So let's keep going. What? And Saul swear, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. And Jonathan. Wow, he listened to Jonathan. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so, uh. Let not the king sin against his servant. And Jonathan spoke good of David unto Saul his father and said, let not the king sin against his servant against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been thee were very good. For he did not put his life in his hand and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all of Israel. Thou saw it, and did rejoice. Wherefore thou wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan. I think that's awesome, don't you, Brian? And Saul swore, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. So let's see what happens. We're in verse 7. Called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence, as in times past. Okay, so in other words, Jonathan is being the peacemaker here. He's trying to bring peace between David and Saul. That's good. And there was war again. And David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter. And they fled. 
fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand. Oh, Lord. And David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence. And he smote the javelin to the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. Okay, let me pause here. This right here is letting us know that this was a spirit. Okay? We know that demons are real. Alright? This spirit caused Saul to go after David. These people that are going to come after the true bride. Okay? The other Christians are the ones that call themselves Christians. That are going to persecute the true bride. It's going to be the demons in them that's going to be doing it. The other hatred in them. All right, let's keep going. Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. Wow. David's wife told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Mm. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed. Oh. Wow. And when the messengers were come in, behold, there was an image in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster. And Saul said unto Michael, Why hast thou deceived me so, and sent away mine enemy, that he is escaped? And Michael answered Saul, He said unto me, Let me go, why should I kill thee? Mm. So David fled, and escaped, and came to Samuel, to Ramah, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went, and dwelt in now, if it was told Saul, saying, Behold. All right, pause right here. So it says in verse 18, So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel. All right, now Samuel is a prophet. Remember the story of Samuel and Eli? Such an amazing story. Uh, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt in Naoth. David is at Naoth in Ramah. Naoth. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul. And they also prophesied. Wow! Isn't that amazing, Bride, how God did that in the Old Testament? The way that the Spirit would come upon them, and then they would prophesy like that? That's pretty amazing, huh? And when it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Ah. And Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. <laughs> and when he also took funny. and came to a great well that is in Sechu, and he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Naoth and Ramah. And he went thither to Naoth and Ramah, and the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied. Until he came to Naoth and Ramah. Wow. And he stripped off his clothes also, and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Wherefore they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? All right, Brian. I want us to examine this a minute. Let's think about what is happening here. This is a king, okay, that is out to kill David. 
the demon has come upon him, caused him to have utter hatred for David, okay? He has hunted him down. He has sent people to try to kill him and everything. So when he went, when Samuel, I mean, when David partnered with Samuel, have y'all noticed that everyone that comes around Samuel speaks, not speaks in tongues, but, excuse me, prophesies? So even they come back to Saul. Saul's like, where's David? And they told him what happened. He's like, well, I'll go myself. <laughs> and Brian, look what happened. He went down there himself and the same thing happened to him. Everyone that got around the prophet prophesied. Isn't that amazing? And then not only that, but look what happened to Saul. Now this is a man that the glory has left him. The glory has departed. And look, isn't that something? The glory departed and he still prophesied. Look right here. And he stripped off his clothes also and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Wherefore they say, is Saul among the prophets. Isn't that something? He lay prostrate before the Lord because he recognized the anointing that was in that place right there. Okay, so now let's go on to verse chapter 20 and see what happens. Such an interesting story, Brad. Chapter 20, 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel 20. And David fled from Naoth in Ramah, and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. So he's letting Jonathan know. David, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at meat, but let me go. I may hide myself in the field unto the third day at even. If thy father at all miss me, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me that he might run to Bethlehem his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he say thus, it is well, thy servant shall have peace. But if he be very wroth, then be sure that evil is determined by him. Right. Therefore thou shalt deal kindly with thy servant, for thou hast brought thy servant into a covenant of the Lord with thee. Notwithstanding, if there be in me iniquity, slay me thyself. Wow. But why shouldst thou bring me to thy father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from thee, for if I knew certainly that evil were determined by my father to come upon thee, then would not I tell it thee? Then said David to Jonathan, Who shall tell me? Or what if thy father answer thee roughly? <laughs> and Jonathan said, <laughs> It's they, funny there, And let us go out into the field. And they went out, both of them, into the field. And Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when I have sounded my father about tomorrow any time, or the third day, and behold, if there be good toward David, and I then said not unto thee, and show it to thee, Aww. the Lord do 
so and much more to Jonathan. But if it please my father to do thee evil, then I will show it thee, and send thee away, that thou mayest go in peace. And the Lord be with thee, as he hath been with my father. Wow. So he basically said, okay, David, if you're going to doubt me, let's go pray. And so he went out there in front of God himself and said that prayer. So that's, I mean, let's examine the love between David and Jonathan. They're just friends. Jonathan is Saul's son. Imagine the heartbreak of Jonathan when he loves David so much, but yet his father is constantly trying to kill him. So he's trying to have honor for his father and then honor for his friend at the same time. So let's keep going. I think we're on verse 14 or 15. And thou shalt not only while yet I live show me the kindness of the Lord, that I die not. But also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. Wow, so he's recognizing the position of David. He's recognizing the hand of the Lord, the glory that is with David. And he's telling David, please don't forget my family just because my father's doing this. In other words, he's like saying, you know, I recognize what my father is doing, so please don't hold it against me or my family. I think that's very nice that he asked, uh, asked David that. Well, Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Aww. Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again, because he loved him. For he loved him as he loved his own soul. Aww. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and thou shalt be missed, because thy seat will be empty. And when thou hast stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly, and cut the place where thou didst hide thyself when the business was in hand and shalt remain by the stone Izel. And I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a lad, saying, Go, find out the arrows. If I expressly say unto the lad, Behold, the arrows are on this side of thee, take them, then come thou. For there is peace to thee, and no hurt, as the Lord liveth. Now I just want to pause and point this out real quick, bride. Look at what Jonathan is doing in this Bible study this morning. Look, he is still honoring his father, even though he sees him in gross sin, and he sees what he is doing to David, which is the anointed one. But yet he's honoring his friend at the same time. So he's warning him, he's letting him know that these things are coming. And then also, Jonathan addressed the Lord about it. And he led the Lord, Lord, I know what is happening with my father. I know what my father is doing to David, and I ask you to spare me and my children, because in other words, I can't control what my father's doing. But I do want honor to come to my name and my children's name. Interesting. But if I say thus unto the young man, Behold, the arrows are beyond thee, go thy way. For the Lord hath sent thee away. Verse 23. And as touching the matter which thou and I have spoken of, behold, the Lord be between thee and me forever. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon was come, the king sat him down to eat meat. And the king sat upon his seat as at other times, even upon a seat by the wall. 
and Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought, Something hath befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. Wow. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to meet, neither yesterday nor today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Let me go, I pray thee. For our family hath a sacrifice in the city, and my brother, he hath commanded me to be there. And now, if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me get away, I pray thee, and see my brethren. Therefore he cometh not unto the king's table. All right, let me pause there. How awesome is that of Jonathan? How awesome is that of Jonathan to tell Saul, which was his father, King Saul, when he was asking about David, where did David go? Because remember, Saul, the king, was wanting to kill David because he was jealous of him. So Jonathan, which is best friends with David, told David, you need to run because my father wants to kill you. So then the king asked Jonathan, where is David? And he lies for him, basically. And he tells him, no, he has to go to his family. All right, let's keep going. Now we're in First uh, Samuel 20, verse 30. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said unto him, Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman, oh. I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness. Pause, 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 pause. He has recognized what Jonathan has done. But see what Jonathan did, bride, and this is the key of this Bible study today. Jonathan picked the word of the Lord over his family. He picked the truth of what's happening, righteousness of what's happening over his own father. And the Bible does say, if you love your children more than me, you're not worthy of the kingdom. If you love your spouse more than me, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Well, what does that mean? That means that we have to stand by truth and the word of God more than anything. If our kids wander off in sin, we cannot excuse that sin because it's our children doing it. And there's a lot of people that do. They begin to accept sin because their children have done it and they're embarrassed and thus they want to reason within their mind and justify what they're doing. But that is a, a reproach to God. He hates that. So we have to separate and, you know, pick the word, the truth, over any circumstance. And that's over any parents, spouse, or children. Now, I'm going to give you an example. There are cases where your children have run off into homosexuality. And then because of that, although those children know that you have preached that and followed the word of God all this time, they go off and do it. And then the parents are left with a choice. What do I do? I love my children. I don't want to lose my children. So a lot of them will become like Eli. And they will keep the children in the fold. They will keep them in the 
church working. They will even put them in the pulpit knowing what sin they're in, what sexual perversion sin that they're in. And they will answer to God for that like Eli. Because remember Eli, which is Samuel's uh, teacher in the uh, temple, Eli had sons that would have sex with the Israelites in the temple. And Eli knew it, but he was embarrassed and would not confront his children and let them just run amok. That's what God means. We cannot love our children more than the word. In other words, you raise your children in the way they should go. And then when they're 18, you put them in the Lord's hands, you pray for them. But you cannot move off of this word no matter what your children do. And we cannot let our children or our spouses affect the word of God's purpose in the earth. So like there are ministries that have their children running amok in there. Doing, bringing all kinds of occultic things and demonic things in the sanctuaries, in the churches. Because they're letting their children, they love their children more than they do God. We cannot do that. So that's basically what happened right here. And Jonathan chose the truth. And he's paying the price for it now. Alright, let's keep going. Now we're in verse 31. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore, now send and fetch him unto me. For he shall surely die. Wow, so he told him you're going to lose your inheritance. His father and said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What hath he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to him. Whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger, and did eat no meat the second day of the month. For he was grieved for David, because his father had done him shame. Oh, isn't that sad, right? His own father tried to kill him. In his anger. Now, okay, we know that uh, Saul is led by a demon. Remember, we talked about this, about how people are led by demons to do things that otherwise they should not do. Okay, so Saul is led by a demon here, which is causing him, in Saul's mind, he is feeling rejected by his son. Because his son chose, he feels like that his son chose David over him. So he says, okay, I'm going to punish you, and you will not become king. You shall not be established, okay? Jonathan knew the price he was paying, and he paid that price for the truth. So it says here, so Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did not eat no meat on the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father has done him shame. This is a sad story, isn't it, Brad? We're on verse 35. Let's keep going. And it came to pass in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David and a little lad with him. And he said unto his lad, Run, find out now the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad was come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond thee? And Jonathan cried after the lad, Make speed, haste, stay not. 
and Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the lad knew not anything, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. Oh. And Jonathan gave his artillery unto his lad and said unto him, Go, carry them to the city. He was and letting David know. Gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another Aww. and wept one with another until David exceeded. Oh, isn't that sad? So, in other words, he was letting David know, my daddy is going to kill you, and I'm sorry. And so David, when he felt the gravity of the situation, he bowed himself towards the earth, and then they kissed one another by. And in their heart, they probably thought, this is the last time I will see you. Wow, what a powerful story today. Let's keep going. And Jonathan said to David, go in peace. For as much as we have sworn, both of us, in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed. And Jonathan went into the city. Oh, okay, now we're in chapter 21. This is good. First Samuel 21. Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? Okay, let me pause there because I was hoping to be able to finish the story with Jonathan, but I'm out of time. Let me go over here and see. Oh, yeah, we got a long way. Well, I'll just tell you what happens, Brad. What happens is Jonathan ends up dying and then... Jonathan turns around and honors, I mean, David turns around and honors Jonathan. David turns around and honors his son and gives him a table in the, uh, a table inside the castle. And he takes care of his son. And he commanded everybody that his son would be taken care of. Okay, I'm going to read you some scriptures about family uh, that I want to end with today. Okay, so uh, Genesis two twenty four. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Exodus twenty twelve. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. Joshua twenty four fifteen. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Psalm 103, 17-18 But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. Psalm 127, 335. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts the accusers at the city gates. I just want to tell you that's one of the things we're repenting of today, Bride, is, is the men that are leaving the post of the family. Uh, not taking responsibility for their being a father. 
Okay, and mothers too. Psalm 128, 3 through 4. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be a blessing for the man who fears the Lord. Proverbs 1, 7 through 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Proverbs eleven twenty nine, Whoever brings ruin on their family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. Proverbs twelve four, A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Wow, isn't that something? Proverbs twelve seven: The wicked die and disappear, but the family of the godly stands firm. Proverbs fifteen twenty: A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Proverbs fifteen twenty seven: A greedy man brings trouble to his family, but he who hates his bribes will live. Proverbs twenty two six. Direct your children into the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. Amen. Mark three twenty-three through 25. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Acts 18.8. Eight. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul became believers and were baptized. Romans 8.15 For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Romans 9.2-4 My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people. My Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Ephesians 1.5 God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him pleasure. Ephesians 2.19 So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Ephesians 3.14-15 For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Yes. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. All right. Well, bride, listen, I'm going to pray for you that your family unit would be strengthened in this hour. Okay, Lord? I pray for all my friends out there, Lord, and if there is strife in their family, I pray that uh, restoration would come to them, Lord. Healing will come to them, Lord. Restore family members. Lord, I pray that healing would flow between mothers and daughters, mothers and sons, fathers and children, Lord, and restore family units in 2018, Lord.
heal us and let us recognize our identity in you, Lord, that you have called us as a woman, you have called us as a man, you have called us as a, a father, or called us as a mother, called us as husband, called us as wife, and help us to fulfill the positions that you have called us into, Lord. We thank you and give you praise today. And thank you for this word of instruction this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Brad, well, I've got to get with my team. We're getting ready to go into war on behalf of families today. So if you would pray for us, this has been an awesome Bible study. Awesome, awesome. All right, y'all have a good day, Brad.